WFJA 105.5, Sanford, Pinehurst, Southern Pines. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Good morning. Welcome to From the Cheap Seats. Chris Lambert, Brandon Atkins, hanging out this morning. Man, you came in. You thought you You thought you're going to have to pull it off by yourself. Man, I was. I was thinking, you know, of song and dance routines I could do. Maybe a little freestyle rap. Well, you can go ahead and do the freestyle rap. Go ahead, go for it right now. No, I'm not ready, man. I and I'm. I might have been, had it not been Rick Astley playing us in. Yeah, that's not. That's not your jump off. We got to work on that. That's like middle of the way when we're fully in. Uh, is it really any any good time during a sports show? Nope. Okay. Or any other show, frankly. Um, Costin, our our illustrious director, Roy Costin, I hold you accountable for that, and uh, we'll we'll deal with that during the break. You need I was, to do push ups or something. Yeah, it totally it totally took my DMX that I was just listening to out of that. I, I try to pump myself up when I come in to do the show. Yeah, and I was rolling some DMX, and I rarely pull out DMX. Okay. <laughs> It's one of those special elixirs, like special secret weapon when I need to just get pumped up. You know what I mean? Oh, and what, what, what were you rocking as you got out of the truck? I can't rem- uh, remember. Th- stop. Drop. Drop. Yeah, of course. That's like the only. That, see, that, that, that couldn't possibly have been what was playing when you got out of the truck because that's the most cliched DMX track but see, that's there what is. I just said. I don't pull it out that often. So why, right. when you go to the, you go to the, you go to the money tracks. Yeah, exactly. All right, I can dig it, man. I can dig it. So, you know, a lot of a lot of crazy stuff this weekend, starting with Friday night, all the way through to Sunday night. Great weekend of football, and the refrain already over the last twelve hours is that everything's okay in Dallas. It's all right. It's it's okay. It was just a blip on the radar. Dallas really is a Super Bowl contender. I, I've got a different take on this. All right. Dallas beats the brakes off of Philly last night, 37-10 on primetime network. Everybody has access to football. My issue, Philly just didn't very good. And I think we're sleeping on that because two years ago, you know, Doug Peterson and this crew went and won a Super Bowl, shocked the world, and I think they're still living in that glow. What what does Philly bring to the table? This is a team that drops to three and four. Carson Wentz signs this ginormous contract based on what? A lot of potential because he can't stay on the field. And he's gimping around in the middle of that game, too, by the way. I don't know if anybody noticed. That's problematic for me. But 37-10... In a in a, a monumental game in that division, mm-hmm. and when you look at what Philly's done, we're, we first of all, unless your name is Joe Namath, don't ever call your shot. Doug Peterson called his shot. Did you hear about this? Nope. He called his shot. He says we're going to go ahead and get this win against Dallas about a week ago. Mm. So the media had all week to to toy around with this thing. Trust me, I'm a Zach Ertz owner. In fantasy football, I watched the whole thing last night. That is a bad football team. Well, I had to watch it because it was my duty. By the way, I had Waller on the bench. Thank you. 
Brett and Sha- Baron and Champagne for that advice. Yeah, dude, you don't realize you're getting shanghaied. I, I did, I did. Anytime you go to those guys, now you know we go back a couple weeks when Philly visited the Packers and they get a big primetime win. But had it not been for a couple just bananas series in goal-to-go situations where the Packers just decided we're going to throw the ball no matter what and go four and out on one, and then at the end of the ball game they throw a pick at the, at, from the one, the Packers should have won that ball game. The Packers beat them up and down the field most of that most of that that uh, that game. Philly gets out of there with a 34-27 win, but had they dropped that game to the Packers, now you're looking at a, a Philly team that's three and four. And oh, by the way, that Detroit win looked pretty good, and Detroit may well be the best sub 500 team in in the NFL, but they're still sub 500. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm not sold that Philly's any good, and I'm not doing this to disparage and take anything away from the Cowboys or Dak Prescott. But wake me up when you do something a little bit more meaningful. Well, you know I mean, what I mean? I'm with you. And I said they're a bad football team. They're not. They're not like they're mi- they're like middle pack of the NFL because there's no team in the NFL maybe outside of. Three, like New don't England. don't don't start with that. I, I I I can't do that yet this morning. What are you talking about? Listing the worst teams in football. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, what no, I'm no, saying, I, but see, I know where that conversation is going to go in my head, and I need like half an hour to get into that mode. Okay, he did not know. Chris didn't know where I was going. He's a Bengals fan, so he's like, so why'd you have to even say that? Um, no, what I'm saying is no team oh. in the NFL can lose the ball twice to start the game in their own territory and have them turn into touchdowns and going to come back and win that game, okay? True that. All right. So. True that. The bottom line is, at this point, Dallas is 4-3. and three. They're in the catbird seat in the division, but you're still looking at a ball club that hasn't beaten anybody with a record of 500 or better. I thought you were going to say a Pulse. Well... I mean, I wouldn't say that Philly's without a pulse, but Philly, Philly in the in the group of four, the gang of four teams that Dallas has beaten at this point, you know, we the the Giants who had a you know, um, no pulse. All right, they had the blip on the radar when Daniel Jones made his debut, and now they're back to oh God, we're really horrible. Uh, Washington, and there's an interesting point I want to make about Washington at some point later in the show. Uh, the Dolphins, who are trying their doggone best to go zero and sixteen, and now the Eagles. The Eagles best of that bunch. They're three and four. Yeah, without a doubt. But in the in the in the middle of that, you know, they lost to the Saints, Packers, Jets. I'm not impressed with Dallas, and and it's not a Dak thing. Although there is no chance Dak is worth thirty five million dollars a year in any universe. And well, I, I continued to think as bad as Carson Wentz played. Last night wasn't a great night for him. There are throws that he makes and things that he does on the football field that Dak Prescott is simply not capable of doing. Period. And when you look at the talent that's surrounding Dak Prescott, all you really need is a caretaker in there that's not going to blow it. Now, you can't put me back there at quarterback, but you can take virtually any starting quarterback in the NFL and put them on the field with Zeke Elliott, a line that is suddenly healthy, 
Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, can you Reggie stop, Cobb. Can you stop right there? Sure. You said the name, Amari Cooper. I was about to come out and say he's the most important player to the game, but I said, that sounded too hot takey and not true, really. <laughs> but Not um, as long as Zeke Elliott wears a, a Cowboys jersey. But Amari Cooper, I mean, the commentators hammered this last night. I made the point earlier in my head that Amari Cooper changes his team. Like, Dallas is a good team with Amari Cooper. I know that we're like not ready to anoint Dak Prescott. I, I'm, 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 I'm okay with saying that Dallas is a good team. I'm not willing to say that Dallas is, is part of the class of the NFC. They're not dumb boys. They ain't dumb boys. But Amari Cooper totally changes. A healthy Amari, Amari Cooper gets them. I don't know if it's because he moves the chains or if he opens everything up, but they just play better. It's as simple as that. It is. And Amari Cooper, how amazing is it? You know, this is a guy that in Oakland was in not not bust territory, but he was just a guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, mean, I think it's, I think it's um, you know, a point that you need to make that the system that you're in is it will make you as a receiver. You can go as a running back. And may not be the same player, go to another team, but you'll get still get production. But receivers, there's very few that go from team to team to team. I guess maybe Jerry Rice, maybe, that could still get production regardless of what the system was. Yeah, I mean, he came into the league, you know, 1,000 yards each of his first two years and was the number one. You know, 155 catches in the, over the first two years and then fell off significantly. Um, and normally, it's funny that you talk about receivers. Receivers generally, with a couple of exceptions, make their money and make their hay in the league in that system that they come up in. Right. And very few receivers over over the course of history in the NFL have been legit good players in the NFL and then gone via free agency or a trade someplace else and replicated that production. It just doesn't happen very often. It's like throwing often. a freshwater fish in the salt water almost. Something, yeah, something, something like that. That was weird. Freshwater fish in they salt don't, water? They don't do well in salt water. That's what I'm trying to say. Ah, my pasta. Salt water's for pasta. Dude. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, Amari Cooper, though, new life, um, playing at, a, at an extremely high level. You know, statistically having far and away the best season of his career. And lest it not be forgotten that Amari Cooper was the difference maker last year when Dallas pulled the trigger and made the trade for him. Now, a win in prime time, getting them back off the schneid, getting them to four and three, probably will put the kibosh on the Antonio Brown conversation that's been being had. Uh, Coming into this week, Amari Cooper wasn't supposed to play Sunday night. You know, the, the, the common wisdom was that he was going to miss the game. Um, Antonio Brown is out there. Jerry Jones is one of those magnetic personalities for good or for bad where, you, you know, that dude will do just about anything. And, you know, he's given a lot of second chances to a lot of folks. Back to Pac-Man Jones, uh, Greg Hardy, he doesn't mind off-the-field stuff. In fact, I think he kind of digs it because it helps pay the bills there at AT AT&T but Antonio Brown to Dallas I think we can probably put that to bed for a week or two now had they lost this ball game I don't know man what do you think is Antonio Brown to Dallas is that a thing I think Jerry Jones Jerry Jones learned his lesson with Terrell Owens 
I think that that was the last of these super crazy players. I, I, I disagree. See, I think he'll take on issue players. Pac-Man Jones, like, Pac-Man Jones, he just wasn't, Pac-Man Jones did his thing, and he was a distraction for the team, but he wasn't, like, in the camera, you know, in his driveway, doing push-ups, doing press conferences. No, he He, was in surveillance cameras, you know. No, but I mean, yeah, I mean. Getting people shot. But I guess that's my point, is that's the difference, is that he, I don't know that many people could, you probably could, but. Many people could put uh, pick Pac-Man Jones out of a lineup. People wouldn't just wouldn't recognize. Well, him. plenty Every- of people had a chance to pick Pac-Man Jones out of Ba-dum-tsh. a lineup. Ba-ba. That was good. That was some. That was some Trent dad joke territory. <laughs> dad right joke. There. But you know what I'm saying. Everybody, you you know, Terrell Owens walks in the studio in front of a hundred people, and everybody knows who he is. Oh, you know who could pick Terrell Owens out of a lineup? <laughs> Here comes another dad. Mrs. Joke. DeLambert. My uh, wife is like. Oh my God, Terrell Owens! Oh my God, you just yeah, she's still on the whole reality show kick. You just need to tell her he's broke. So, well, you know, I don't know if you're aware, but Terrell Owens during his heyday, before he was broke, inside his house had a nightclub. Oh, nice! <laughs> called the Chocolate Factory, that had keypad access. That you had to enter to get into. I have the same thing in my right house. there in a night, not not a not a bar, <laughs> you know, not a den, a nightclub inside his house. How cool is that? He brings the party to you. Yeah, right. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back and we'll get some, to something substantive. I don't know. We'll actually talk about you know real sports and stuff. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats on WFJ 105.5 FM and online everywhere as a podcast. Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with REMAX Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. I had to tell everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Did you know there is a place right here in downtown Sanford that utilizes fresh, organic, and sustainable foods from our area's vast farming community? It's Cooper's Restaurant and Wine Room, located at 133 South Steel Street in historic downtown Sanford. I'm Executive Chef Brian Moser. Come join us Tuesday through Saturday from 5 to 10 to experience an ever-evolving, locally-sourced menu featuring the area's best farmers paired with the locally brewed beers and some of the world's best wine. Make your reservations now on the Open Table app and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 
So why do teenagers play high school sports? My reason why is a sense of purpose. My reason why is to inspire others. One reason student athletes seldom mention is to get an athletic scholarship. They know that only 2% of all high school athletes are awarded a sports scholarship. So why do they play? My reason why is friendship. Tell us your reason using the hashtag MyReasonWhy. This message presented by the NFHS and the North Carolina High School Athletic Association. Have you mixed your pain meds, your sleep meds, your allergy meds? Call the Poison Helpline. Has your child eaten a tube of toothpaste, a chip of paint, a wild mushroom? Call the Poison Helpline. Have you been bitten by a spider, a snake, an insect? Call the Poison Helpline. Poisonings can happen at the home, on the job, or in the great outdoors. Call the Poison Helpline first for fast, free advice from medical professionals. Call 1-800-222-1222 anytime, anywhere. 1-800-222-1222. Save the number, save a life. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Welcome back from the Cheap Seas. Crystal Lambert, Brandon Atkins, hanging out this morning. I don't know where we go. Big Daddy Kane just makes everything better. That's what we needed. Not Rick Astley. Not Rick Astley. <laughs> just Any, repeat that one more time. Dude, not Rick Astley. I'm so, uh, you, you, I came in high energy, ready to rock and roll, and this dude's playing Rick Astley. I just can't tell you what that does to a guy. So I'm thinking about the the chocolate factory, the the nightclub in Terrell Owens' house back before he was broke, and before he was really well. I don't know. Is it was he not really crazy back then, or was he just you know we we weren't aware of how crazy? I guess I guess the point is if you have a nightclub in your house, you are crazy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I answered my own question. But I always I, thought he was entertaining, but I also didn't have to play with him. You know, he's he had to have been horrible in the locker room oh my for God. them to get rid of that talent. He had to be horrible everywhere. So if you were going to go and put something off the beaten path into your house, what would it be? Off the beaten path? Yeah. You know, what, what would you put in your house that somebody would be like, you really? You have that in your house? Huh. Hmm. I know beyond any shadow of a doubt what I would have if right, I were well, mega rich. And I'll be thinking about mine. Oh, I would have a go-kart track in my basement for sure. Boom. Just like that. That's going to have to be a pretty big house, bro. Uh, well, yeah. If you're going to have a nightclub in your house, you have to have a significant house. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, that, yeah, that's my thing. I would have a race car track. And if, if I didn't get or a, a, um, a go-kart track, and if... I didn't get to that level. So I'm going to go ahead and, and, and commit to this now. If I don't get to the level at some point in my life, and I'm going to set the, the cutoff at like 60. So if I've got 13 years to get to the point where I have a house of the magnitude that I can have a race car track in the bottom where I can drive around, the, there's two fallbacks. Am I invited? Absolutely. All right, sweet. Absolutely. But the fallback, if I can't have a go-kart track, I want to have bumper cars down there. Because you could do bumper cars in a much smaller space. Yeah. You know what I mean? And remember when bumper cars were fun? 
Yeah. Now it's like, no, 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 no. Everybody in the same direction. How am I going? How am I going to knock somebody out if I'm going in the same direction? Back in the seventies, dude. Woo! You better have some gear on. Something. Oh my God! When I was a little kid, man, you you were taking your life in your hands, <laughs> going on the bumper cars because you know some nineteen year old dude was coming standing up in the bumper car, you know, trying to shift their weight, trying to kill you or somebody. Some guy who'd been drinking half of the day oh, God, who'd just yeah. been laid off. Or was drinking in the bumper car. Yeah. But now it's like, no, no, keep your seatbelt on. Why why even Too do many this? rules, man. You messed up bumper cars. You did. And you know, yeah. and I still have a little ways to go to get to the point where I have a basement big enough to put a bumper car track in. I'll but tell you the 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 the, the second fallback. And I could do this now theoretically. Um, I don't know if I could do it in practice because I don't think my wife is down. That's what I was about to say. But I want like an oversized, ridiculous slot car track. Okay. Set up, permanent, running through tunnels, you know, all through the, the doggone house. You know how, how you've got guys that have trains set up in their house? Yeah. I want that, but I want it with a race car track that I can have my buddies come over and we can get drunk and run those cars around that track. Sounds like fun. And and it's wild because it we talk about wrestling and NASCAR and southern things. I couldn't give three shakes about NASCAR. Now, at one point in my life, I was I was a I was a fairly big NASCAR fan. Hmm. But I just got tired of watching guys go around in circles. Uh, it's one of those things that they tell you you got to go to, and I've never been. I've, I've been, and I would tell you the tailgating is cool, but tailgating just about anywhere if you're around the right folks is cool, too. Uh, actually watching the race, not fun. Not not any part of fun. Very noisy, and just, oh, well, there they go again. Oh, there they go again. Oh, here they hey, They're going to come again 500 times. Yeah. No, not cool. <laughs> you know, the, fir- the first thing that when you ask the question, what would you have in your house or basement, this is not it. But the first thing, unfortunately, that popped in my, ha- my head was having the world's tiniest horse. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> the reason for that is because the, the state fair, they have this thing there where this dude is taking your money. You pay $5 to go up these steps and look down at something that's supposed to be the world's tiniest horse. And they they make it seem as if it would fit in the palm of your hand almost. And you pay the $5 and you walk up the steps and you look down and it's a pony. You know? $5, please, sir. (laughs) And I didn't read any of the signs. And the, my first thing was I grabbed my phone and I'm taking a picture and I'm putting this on Facebook and I'm making a joke out of it. And I got absolutely yelled at by this dude. What? Then I recognized that there was plenty of signs that saying, do not take pictures, no pictures, because we want to take other people's money by showing them a pony. Well, what you should have told him was, there, I, you're going to have to do something for my $5. I'm riding it. Yeah, you can, I'm riding it. I'm going to have a beer with it. Something. But no pictures. And, I mean, I get that, you know, if you take a picture of the world's tiniest horse, then people can just look at that picture and they don't yeah, have to pay five bucks to come <laughs> hang out. 
But, That's the point he was making. And you're looking at it, and it's oh, not just the dear. pony. The pony just looks like it doesn't even look up at you. It's like just chewing on something, and it's looking straight ahead at the you know some this wooden wall, and he's just like, "Kill me," you know. So, what do you think the the world's tiniest pony would have in its house? That's <laughs> off the beaten path. I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. A, a carrot farm, baby perhaps. Carrots. I don't know, man. Anyway. But, hey, let me ask you a question. You know, and this is going somewhere, but, you know, with Pat Mahomes, the the NFL needs to just shut its doors, right? The Pat Mahomes Dude. injury. And what I was thinking is, is the Madden curse real? And I wanted to see if you and, you know, you would agree with this logic here or you think I'm just an idiot. Why don't next year, why don't we put a punter on the face of Madden? And see if he can make it through the season unscathed. I'm down for that, 100%. I'm thinking that the rest of the NFL ought to make a real push. And you know Jerry Jones has got all that juice at the league office. They ought to get Tom Brady on the cover. That would be interesting. The greatest player in the history of the NFL has never been on the cover of Madden, has he? That is crazy if that's true. I'm certain that it's true. Costin's going to look that up, but I'm certain... A thousand percent certain that Tom Brady's never been on the Madden cover. I would put, so why not get behind? And of course, you, you know Brady's just going to break the curse, and it'll be like, no, nah, it wasn't really a thing. But yeah, I do. I do believe that the Madden curse is real. I don't know how that works. I don't know why. But I'm at this point certain. And the Mahomes injury, I'll tell you how significant that injury was. And this is the. God's honest truth. When they were going to break, the way that Pat Mahomes had his legs crossed with his legs sticking straight the way it was, Mm -hmm. I said the words dislocated knee out loud and went on on one of my fantasy teams. I only played two. I have Pat Mahomes as my quarterback. Mm Mm-hmm. Before they came back from commercial, who'd you get? I had gone and picked up Kirk Cousins. Now it didn't do me any good this week because I, you know, Mahomes was out, but there was no doubt in my mind what had happened and that he was going to be out for a month. And that's how significant it was. And it seemed as though the broadcast crew was stunned and didn't want to admit that this guy might have a significant injury. And it just, you know, happened on the most innocuous play. You know, we look at guys like Lamar Jackson, uh, and you're, oh, we're going to get these guys killed. Dude, it's a violent game. We're played by enormous human beings. If the guy's been banged up, why do you you quarterback sneak them? Oh, man, I'm not willing to to do. I've never seen a player get a lower body injury on a quarterback sneak. But, I mean, you're just asking for contact. I don't know. You know, it just – you got like five running backs on that team. Just run them out the middle, man. I, d- I didn't get it, get it, but you know. And I listen to predominantly fantasy football radio, so excuse me. You are me on the this. you have you have become that guy. I decided I'm winning it this year. That's just uh, you're, you, there's years past where I just haven't been that into it. This year, I'm like, you know, I'm getting tired of these, you know, young bucks <laughs> going off at the mouth. I'm like, I'm gonna win this thing. So you know, in order to win, you actually have to do some research. My point is, no, you had to get really lucky. No, no, you're saying that because you're dead last. In the no, life. I'm. I mean, I would have said that when I, you know, when I was winning the thing. So, 
these guys are saying, oh, don't worry about it. Matt Moore is just going to jump right in oh, there. God. And I'm going, <laughs> dude, first of all, Matt Moore is Matt Moore. But is this the same Matt Moore that filled in for Cam Newton at Carolina? Nah, it's not going to be okay. I can promise you that much. I'm, I, I can't imagine anybody with any sense really saying, oh, yeah, it's just, Matt Moore is going to be fine. Look, Andy Reid is a very good NFL coach. Andy Reid, in conjunction with that front office there in Kansas City, has put together an amazing collection of talent. But to win a Super Bowl in the NFL, there are a lot of things that you need, one of which is just good luck. And this is not their year. They're too banged up. You know, they're dealing with injury after injury. They can't keep running backs healthy. Tyreek Hill was out early. Now he's back. Um, and now this Mahomes injury, they just have to face facts. This is not Kansas City's year. Um, now, could Mahomes come back a month from now, right the ship, and make a late push? Sure, if they're healthy at that point. But given the way this year is going, I don't like their chances. And the idea that Matt Moore is going to keep this thing operating at the, the level that it, we're accustomed to, come on, dude. Well, I mean, just I've just come it. on. Yeah, just come on. But I've actually seen this, right? Like, so Cam Newton goes down a couple of years ago. They plug in Matt Moore that are worse. It's not. It's the exact opposite of what Kyle Allen has had with the Panthers. So I mean, it's just not going to happen. Well, no, I, I do think you're going to run the ball. I think I, I think you see Travis Kelsey's numbers go way up because he's using them as an out, you know, an outlet because he's not that good of a quarterback. And then you're going to see a lot more running game. Here's what I'll say about Pat Mahomes and the injury. The Saints lose Drew Brees early in the season. And without him, they've gone 5-0. and The difference here, and, and you know, folks, well, the, you know, look at the Saints are doing. That, that's, that's cool. Um, except that in Kansas City, you're not reliant on the play calls that are coming in from the side. You're not reliant on the system. What they've become reliant on is is Pat Mahomes' ability to freelance and just do his thing and throw the ball sidearm and, you know, throws the pass left-handed and escape and do all those things. There are about three people on the planet that could ever do what he does. Matt Moore, not on that list. So you're going to see Andy Reid react to this. He's going to scale it back. He's going to do some things. But that firepower on that offense becomes a lot less intimidating with Matt Moore at the helm than it is with Pat Mahomes. You just don't have to scheme for the things that Pat Mahomes can do when the team breaks down, and the league is too competitive. Now, all of that said, Kansas City's still a quality ball club, so I don't think, you know, I don't expect them to to go into the toilet. However, you got a pretty nasty schedule in front of you. They get Green Bay followed by Minnesota. There's zero chance. There, I'm going to call it now. You're going to tell it? No chance they win both of those ballgames. Now, if they only get one of them, then they're in decent shape moving forward. And then it, things get a little bit easier. They've got Tennessee and Los Angeles behind that. So, you you know, you go the Packers and Vikings. And Packers suddenly looking like NFL royalty this year. I'm confused by what I'm seeing from Green Bay. Right. Um, and I think I'm confused because I'm not, willing, I'm not willing to accept that Green's, Green Bay's defense is as good as it is 
because they look good in short bursts. They're delivering these W's, but I'm just not willing to accept that the Green Bay defense is any good. And I don't know what that is. I mean, when you think historically, you think of pretty decent defenses. But yeah. just over the last five or six years, Green Bay couldn't stop anybody. You well, know, I, I, I'm going to think of back to, the, you know, sort of the Clay Matthews, Charles Woodson days um, where that defense was really underrated. And from a historical standpoint, I think we've forgotten how good they were. But other than that, you know, what we've seen over the last few years is Clay Matthews run around making late hits on quarterbacks and then crying about it in the press conference. He's moved on. They went and spent all this money in free agency to bring in these young kids. Uh, and the defense is doing their thing. And they're actually running the ball a little bit. Yeah, they got that one-two punch for so sure. So Matt, Matt LaFleur <laughs> had some magic words or has had a different way of dealing with Aaron Rodgers than Mike McCarthy did. Well, no, I, I, I watched the game yesterday. As much as Aaron Rodgers gets on my nerves, he is slanging it. Like, he is sharp. He just looks good in every way, every potential part of the game. He just looks good. He's throw. I mean, he's putting it on a rope. How many other cliches can I use? Like, he's I don't slinging know. it, throwing on, you know, putting it on a rope. I don't know, but we were, we were talking just a little while ago about Terrell Owens and how Terrell Owens may or may not look good. Aaron Rodgers looks like he's aged 10 years in the last six months. Does he not you're look just, like an old man out there now? You're talking about like his face. He, he does, man. No, no, yeah, he's playing at a high level. I mean, and, and he is finally validating all of the hype that's been there for the last two or three years because the football people have been saying for years, yeah, Tom Brady's the greatest, however, comma. Aaron Rodgers can do things on the football field Tom Brady cannot do. And from a talent standpoint, Aaron Rodgers is one of the best couple of quarterbacks that's ever played. We're finally getting to see that in the context of meaningful football games instead of just highlight plays or things that we have to make excuses for. Right. I'll finish that thought on the other side of the break. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats on WFJ 105.5 FM and around the world on every podcast platform there is. Keep hanging out with us. Joel Klein catches a 7 o'clock train after his evening CPR class at the American Red Cross. Ron Garrett is on the same train. He's had a rough day and doesn't feel like himself. Until he feels the sudden tightness in his chest, Ron never thought he'd actually have a heart attack. Until Joel is administering CPR, he never thought he'd actually save a life. When you train with the Red Cross, you change a life. Starting with your own. Call 1-800-RED-CROSS or visit redcross.org to learn about life-changing opportunities in your area. Did you know there is a place right here in downtown Sanford that utilizes fresh, organic, and sustainable foods from our area's vast farming community? It's Cooper's Restaurant and Wine Room, located at 133 South Steel Street in historic downtown Sanford. I'm Executive Chef Brian Moser. Come join us Tuesday through Saturday from 5 to 10 to experience an ever-evolving, locally-sourced menu featuring the area's best farmers, paired with the locally-brewed beers and some of the world's best wine. Make your reservations now on the Open Table app and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Tweens have mastered the art of tuning out. Jen, there's a spider in the car. We're turning your room into a home gym. See? Nothing. But some messages need to get through. 
like making sure they're buckled up the whole ride every time. Do whatever it takes to make your child listen. Jen, I friended your boyfriend. Wait, what? Buckle up, sweetie. Never give up until they buckle up. Learn more at safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Are you ready to sell your home and don't know which realtor to choose? Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with REMAX Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. Check her out. When young men turn 18, they think they know a lot about the facts of life. But there are a few more facts they need to know. Fact, you have to register with Selective Service when you turn 18. It's the law. Fact, registration keeps you eligible for government jobs and student loans. Fact, it's easy to register. Just visit sss.gov or any post office. Register with Selective Service when you turn 18. It's the law. And that's a fact. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. Welcome back from the cheap seats, Chris Lambert, Brandon Atkins. Hey, check this out. So, so during the break, I got informed that I'm an idiot, <laughs> and that Tom Brady was on the Madden cover back in 2018, which would have been the 2017 season. And so that, in and of itself, shows that there is no curse. However, what you guys have forgotten is that my statement validates the curse. Because we forget Tom Brady almost chopped his hand off right before the Super Bowl. Remember the injured hand? He cut his hand on a helmet. I think it was Rex Burkhead's helmet. And they, you know, don't don't you guys remember? I remember. Yeah. See, so I validated it. <clears throat> Not really. So they should be pushing. He, he did win last year, though. So. The, the wrong and he's year, playing though. as good as you. No, no, no. That Was it last year? Uh, yeah, I think I had the better one. I think I've screwed I thought, this up. I thought, <laughs> I thought him being on the cover, like that he's not from this world, so he's impervious to the, such things, and he's Superman Tom Brady. That deflected the curse, deflected off of him into Robert Kraft and the whole massage <laughs> situation. <laughs> I think I think it might have been a year late, but I would love to sit down and have a beer with Robert Kraft and find out if there was any injury associated with his multiple visits to the massage parlor that was not uh, anything illegal or untoward. Notice how nobody's talking. Oh about my that. God, Robert like, Kraft is could. a gangster, dude. Yeah, I mean, if it was a if it was a wide receiver 
people would still be talking about that. But oh, since it's one of the most powerful God. owners in the in the NFL, nobody talks about it. The, one of the most powerful owners, one of the most powerful people in the world. And I love that he's like reinvented himself as this, you know, street cred type cat. You know, look at me. I'm cool. No, dude, you're not cool. You're just really, 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 really rich. I guess, you know, when you get to a per- certain level in terms of income, you can just do whatever you want to, right? Why not be smart like Terrell Owens and put a nightclub in your house rather than go to some illegal uh, massage parlor? You, you know? T- uh, dude, if you're going to be a multi-billionaire, why would you not? Now, let, let's, keep this, let, let's keep this 100, though. Terrell Owens was never a billionaire. He was never going to be a billionaire. Right. His, you know, his money was always going to find its way away from him. Um, and the the nightclub in the house that just accelerated the process. But had he had he gone to Robert Kraft and been like, "Hey, Rob, what's uh what's your thoughts on this nightclub in the house situation?" Well, come look at Robert would have been like, <laughs> "Oh, wait a minute, I know just a couple of girls we could use to populate this thing. Okay. They'll work the thing for you." Oh goodness, man! <laughs> oh, that was that was too much for you, for real? That was over. That was over, you pushed me over the line finally. I'm just kidding. Um, I was going to bring up something new, but we have somebody on the line here. Yeah, this is unexpected. This is unexpected. This might be a little awkward. I'm not going to lie. On the phone with us, Union Pines football head coach, Lonnie Cox. What's happening, coach? Hey, Chris Lever. Good morning, man. Hey, man, I, I got I, I kind of owe you an apology because I, I said something last week that I thought you weren't going to hear, and then you busted me out about it about five minutes before game time this weekend. Um, I did say... Lee County was going to, I think the words I used were spank you guys. <laughs> but I didn't mean for it to make its way back to you, man. You're my guy. <laughs> it's, it's all in good fun. It's all in good fun. No worries. So you guys had, look, people are going to look at the score from Friday night's game. You guys travel up into Lee County. A lot of attention. In fact, our broadcast on the NFHS network was the state game of the week. ABC 11 was there calling it the state game of the week. And you guys came in, and, and folks that look at the score, they're like 46-6, oh, hum, Lee County doing their thing. You guys were three or four plays from making that really, really interesting. So, oh, absolutely. Um, you know, we the, the one big play of the game was, was the fake punt. and uh, We went back and watched the film, and, you know, we, we had a guy probably a yard or two downfield. Um, you know, I, in my opinion, I don't think that's enough to call an receiver downfield. But hey, you know, let's just be let's be a hundred percent honest. That was a trash call. <laughs> I mean, I can say that because I I don't fall under the purview of the North Carolina High School Athletic Association. It was a trash call. So, there, Brandon, you weren't at the ball game. There was a fake punt that Union Pines ran. Did you guys score on the play? We got down to about the four-yard line, and we'd have been first and goal on the four. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a big momentum changer right there. I, th- yeah. I kind of think that's the that's the play that, that kind of broke our back. I knew you guys were going to run something like that. I t- after we got uh, interviewed you last week, I said, I feel like a Philly special's coming for a Union Pines. I hate that they blew that call, though. That sounds like it changed the game. Oh, it was trash. It was trash. They called an ineligible receiver downfield. It, it was it was garbage. It was just a garbage call. It was not a, not a particularly well officiated game, um, and and that happens from time to time. But uh, a couple of dropped 
passes that could, that may well have gone for touchdowns. Um, I was talking to John Hockaday, who does the radio for Lee County football. We were both impressed with you all's performance at the line of scrimmage. We, uh, you know, up front on the defensive front, you know, we think we're as, as quick as anybody. You know, our, our, our defensive front, we've, we've given people trouble the whole year uh, just because of, of, of how fast we get off the football and, and uh, the, the way that we handle blocks. And, you know, we've got a really good linebacker in Holden Grainer, too. Um, has done a tremendous job of, of filling all year and um, probably one of the top linebackers in the conference. I would, I would – Put him right into the conversation. In fact, we, we swapped a couple of messages this weekend. I was very impressed with Grainer. It's the first time I got to see him live this season. And, um, yeah, on my all-conference ballot, I, I've got him penciled in. Um, I was very impressed. Kid with a good nose for the football. What does his future hold? I mean, he's, he's undersized. Is he a D2 type kid? Well, I definitely think he has a future um, at the next level. You know, he, he's a great student. Um, you know, when, when, when coaches are, are, are coming to recruit, you know, he's not going to be a problem as far as grades uh, or test scores. Um, but, you know, this, is, this has really been a breakout season for him. You know, in the past, he, he hasn't had seasons like this. So, you know, he, he's not a name that, that college coaches have taken um, – an interest in until now and so you know he's just beginning uh that process as far as recruiting and we're going to try to get him into school somewhere now as a as a head coach at the high school level when you've got a young man like this and this this comes on the heels of the huge announcement you know desmond evans going to north carolina i want to talk about that a little bit more at length later but desmond's a kid that from the time he was a freshman has been you know ranked by rivals nationally you know, was riding that reputation, and every school in the country knows that name. A young man like Grainer, what do you as a coach do at this late juncture in the recruiting process to assist and get him into a program at the next level? What does that look like? Well, you know, college coaches, a lot of college coaches this time of year, they, they come in on their bye weeks. Uh, for example, Elon was on their bye week last week, and, and uh, they sent their offensive coordinator down to uh, to, to recruit Tyreek. Um, so, you know, as college coaches are coming in, we kind of say, "Hey, you know, this is this is a young man that that hasn't really performed well uh, in terms of stats the last couple of seasons, but he's he's really started to turn it on. His body's maturing, um, and and you know, sometimes I, I've seen instances where." You know, in which a young man has, has not been recruited uh, for the first three years of their high school career, and and then they all of a sudden end up with a, a, a college scholarship. But I think that largely depends on um, guys choosing to go somewhere else. Like for example, if if Elon had a particular linebacker recruit that they really wanted, and, and they chose to go somewhere else, and that opens up uh, scholarship spots for for other people and. You know, uh, I, I really think Holden's going to get an opportunity, especially if he continues to perform the way he has. I mean, he's got 78 tackles right now, and, and we haven't even entered uh, the stats from the Lee County game yet. And I'm, I'm sure he at least had 12 or 13 Friday night. All right. Well, we, you and I talked about uh, Tyreek McCoy, your tailback, who is uh, an impressive athlete. Do you do you fancy him as a running back at the college level, or is he a guy that'll go into the program as a back and perhaps play someplace else? 
I think Tyreek. I think Tyreek is, is a Division One running back. You know what? A lot of people don't give Tyreek credit for is is that he's a 200, 205-pound kid, and, and he runs about a, a four, five, four, six. Um, you know, and, and just like Jameer, uh, not too often do you find uh, a running back that, that weighs that much that that moves that fast. Um, I, I think Navy. Uh, you know, Navy had offered him. I think Navy was was going to try to use him as more of a fullback at the next level because he, he does have a pretty sturdy body and uh, and moves really well. All right. Well, I, I, I made the commitment, and I want to make sure you know that we'll follow through on that. If and when he makes his selection here over the next month or so, uh, we want to be there, man, with television cameras and all the rest of that and, and, and get the word out to the masses. So keep us posted on how that's going. You've got a big game. again. You, you had the, the one of the Lee County schools this past weekend. You are hosting Southern Lee this coming weekend. And it's interesting because there's a couple of, of big-name defensive linemen at Lee County in DeAndre Prince and Desmond Evans at Lee County. But Southern Lee's got a defensive lineman that, that you're really concerned about this weekend. Talk a little bit about that matchup. Well, they've got more than one uh, that we're really concerned with. Um, Elijah Barrett and Cedric Douglas are, in my opinion, two of the best defensive linemen uh, in the conference. Um, and, and they can cause a lot of havoc in, in, in a hurry. Um, you know, I you know, I don't think people give Cedric Douglas enough credit. You know, I, I had him in the weight room when I was at Southern Lee, and, and he squats about 600 pounds, and he's really, really quick off the football. Um, but then, you you know, he's, he's their uh, one technique, and then you have Elijah Barrett, who is just as strong and quick off the ball. And anytime you've got uh, two interior defensive linemen that are that good, you're going to allow young linebackers like Don Wilson, who I think is going to be a tremendous football player, uh, you, you allow him the chance to, to feel and make some tackles. Um, they, they do a tremendous job of, of controlling gaps up front, and I think that's why Southern Lee is, has been really successful thus far on defense. All right. Well, this, I, you know, I told you over the weekend, I think this is the second or third most important game that's going to be played in this conference this year. Um, and if you win it, uh, it may have it may come down and have been the game of the of the year in the conference um really at this point i think it's fair to say that it's three teams vying for the top slot in the conference um this win against southern lee really would open the door for you guys um you know if lee county stubs their toe to win the conference but even if not to get to that two spot which means a state playoff berth um being at home this weekend versus being at lee county with all of the hoopla last weekend what does what does that mean for your team? How much of a boost is that? Well, you know what we've been telling our young men is, is you know you got a chance to control your own destiny and and you have a chance to make history. Um, you know I'm not sure if we're going to be favored, you know, against Western Hornet and Triton, but you know you, the most games that, that Union Pines has ever won since since 1964 is eight games, and if if we win these last three games, which you know I believe we have an opportunity to, you know we're going to make history, and you know that's. That's, that would be a huge, that would be a huge program uh, builder because you know, you know, I heard, I heard our superintendent say this a couple of weeks ago. You know, any time that that you're trying to change a culture somewhere, young men have to see results because if they don't see results, then they're not going to continue to believe in what you're trying to do. And you know, I think our young men have seen some some results this year, and that and that's helping us, you know, install our culture here. But. You know, if we win these last three games, you know, I, I think that that would be huge 
uh, for us, especially moving forward. All right, very good. I got to give you. I got to give you some props. Um, you know, this weekend in in high school football, and I think part of the, the the problem is that college has sort of taken away because they've expanded their schedule to Fridays. They're playing weekday games, and they've taken away sort of the the sacred nature of Friday night and high school football. But you guys brought busloads of folks down from Union Pines for the ball game this weekend, and that just added the atmosphere. That was amazing. Um, to see the turnout from Union Pines, you know, in mass to come out and fill both sides of the stadium. Um, how big a crowd? What, what are you expecting from your crowd at home this weekend in a game as big as this? Is there buzz? Well, there's a lot of buzz. You know, it's our it's our youth and middle school night, so we're going to have a lot more people here just because. Um, you know, we're going we're going to have the little kids, you know, run out run out with our with our young men uh, prior to the start of the game. And then it's been pink night. And, uh, you know, our, no matter what we try to do here at Union Pines, our, our community is very supportive. And, and uh, you know, they, they, they take it as a big deal. Like, for example, I've already gotten, like, three texts this morning. Um, are we going to sell pink shirts for pink, pink night? So, you know, any, anything we do here at Union Pines, you know, our, our community is really supportive, and, and they want in on it. All right, man. I, you know, I gave uh, Coach Purdue a, a hard time this weekend because I showed up on Friday and they had pink shirts on as a coaching staff. And ordinarily, <laughs> I would have thought, man, that might be kind of lame the way they pulled it off. But these th- these shirts they had were dope. <laughs> and I told him, I'm like, I'm a little disappointed, man, that I can't get my hands on an XL pink coach's shirt. Don't make me have the same conversation with you, Coach Cox. <laughs> Yeah, if we, if we have one, you'll definitely get one. All right, man. I appreciate that. All right, so one last question before you go. So I know you're cutting you – know, you're a football nerd. So you're looking at tape. I'm sure you've watched the game tape a thousand times already. Over the course of a weekend into Saturday and Sunday, how much, how much recreational football do you get to watch? How much college and NFL ball do you watch over the course of a normal weekend? Yeah, honestly, honestly not as much as you would think. Um, you know, I'm – I guess the the most realistic version I can give you of this is, is I'm normally sitting in my in my recliner. You know, for this weekend we were, I watched all of the all the opponent scout films I had on Southern League, and you kind of just get the glance at the TV every once in a while. But you know, anytime you're you're preparing for a team as good as Southern League, your your focus has got to be on on Southern League. Like I'm I'm trying to figure out right now how we can slow down Snowa Lockley. I mean, what what an athlete. Yeah, what an athlete indeed. One of my one of my all time favorite high school football players. I do I here here I need a professional opinion. You know, Brandon and I can talk about it and we can, you know, spitball something. But the, the North Carolina Virginia Tech game goes six overtimes and in the fifth overtime they've changed the rules and nobody knew that. Did you know that they had changed the rules for overtime and you were just gonna go for the conversion instead of going through and actually trying to score a touchdown. Did you have any idea that was the rule? I, I didn't know that was the rule. I, honestly, I just thought they would keep playing um, until somebody won. But, you know, I don't think they should have ever gotten to five overtimes. You know, Carolina kind of shot themselves in the foot. You can't, you can't get a delay a game on a play in which you kick the ball through the goalpost to win the game. I mean, I just thought, you know, you got to be you got to be more prepared than that. I don't, I don't think it should have ever gotten in that situation. I, I, I hear you now. With with Coach Mac Brown coming, one of the one of the primary functions uh, that he had was to sort of repair the recruiting that was going on inside the state of North Carolina. 
has that manifested itself? Have you seen anything as far as your interface with the University of North Carolina versus what it was under the Fedora regime? Well, you know, I think Coach Brown is, is doing a tremendous job. I, I think over the course of the next three to four years, I think North Carolina is, is going to start um, keeping a lot of his in-state uh, recruits at home. Um, you know, for example, I, I had a really good conversation with, with Dre Bly, who is, who is the defense pass coach, um, about, about six months ago, and uh, he, he was all fired up. And, um, you know, they have a lot of energy right now at Carolina, and, and I think that that's the kind of energy that's attracting recruits like Desmond Evans. Um, so, you know, I, I think they have a bright future ahead of them. You know, I don't, I don't think anybody would have given them a chance to compete with Clemson a few weeks ago, and it, and it really came down to one play, and they've, they've been a lot more competitive under Brown than they were under Fedora. Yes, sir. I agree with you. Hey, we appreciate the call. I will see you on Friday night unless something bananas happens. We will be there with the television broadcast on site at Union Pines as the Cavaliers travel down to take on the Vikings. Hey, appreciate the call, and uh, we'll see you soon, buddy. All right, thanks as always, Chris. See you Friday night. Yes, sir. All right. All right, so to the UNC-Virginia Tech game quickly before we go sure. into break. Yeah, yeah. Did you have any idea that the rules have been changed? No. You know who else did not? Kaplan. The broadcast team. Oh, okay. The broadcast team had no idea, and even as it was being explained to them, they misexplained it. And I was like, what are what are we doing here? Yeah. And apparently this was a change made by the NCAA that once you got to a fifth overtime, instead of starting and driving from the 25, you just line up and go for the two-point conversion. I wasn't ready for that. I and I think it. it's a little gimmicky, man. Well, and it's also, <clears throat> tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm being a homer. You said to keep it quick. But that's entertaining. I, I thought that was entertaining. You know, the overtime, putting it at the 20 and letting each other score, why would you take? Why would you want to end that? You know I, what I mean? Like, I don't have any idea. Like they wanted to shorten it. or. Well, here's the with. thing. is is there Was there really a problem to fix? I mean, how many games did we have that were going six or seven or eight overtimes? It doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, once every few years there'd be one of those. And you know what? The folks in attendance, oh, my God. Hey, remember when we were watching Kentucky-Arkansas go seven overtimes or whatever yeah. the case might be? Um, I didn't think it was something we needed. And, yeah, I get player safety and they're tired and whatever the case might be. But you're talking about three or four plays. I, I had a beef with it. Now, that said, you can see that both teams, by the time they got to that point, they were kind of out of plays yeah. to out-scheme one another. Um, and Virginia Tech gets by, saves their season, really. They moved to five and two. Um, had they dropped four and three, they, they were in trouble. UNC is still surprisingly competitive. Um, I love what UNC's got going on institutionally. Yeah. I hope that it translates to sort of an upward trajectory um, moving on into the future. But we'll see. We're gonna we we um we need to talk on the other side of the break about Friday's announcement. Desmond Evans choosing UNC over everybody else in the country because virtually every school in the country offered uh and what that means uh we'll see you on the other side of the break this is chris lambert brandon atkins from the cheap seats check us out on social media at cheap seat radio We are there, day one, 
with baby names and a gift that lasts a lifetime. We are there as you grow, protecting you and those you love. And we are there as you start your next chapter. We are with you through life's journey. We are Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Get to know us at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Did you know there is a place right here in downtown Sanford that utilizes fresh, organic, and sustainable foods from our area's vast farming community? It's Cooper's Restaurant and Wine Room, located at 133 South Steel Street in historic downtown Sanford. I'm Executive Chef Brian Moser. Come join us Tuesday through Saturday from 5 to 10 to experience an ever-evolving, locally-sourced menu featuring the area's best farmers paired with the locally brewed beers and some of the world's best wine. Make your reservations now on the Open Table app and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Adopt US Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you A, get spiritual? Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within. Oh. B, find the positives. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or C, show empathy. Mom, you really don't have twinsies. I kind of love it. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Swimming pools can be lots of fun, but they can be dangerous too, especially for young children. Always practice simple safety steps to prevent tragedies. Fence all pools. Teach kids to swim. And always watch them around water. No horseplay. Simple steps save lives. To learn new life-saving steps, visit PoolSafely.gov. A public service message from the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. Are you ready to sell your home and don't know which realtor to choose? Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with REMAX Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. A message from the American Migraine Foundation. It's an absolute nightmare. There's pain that does not stop. I feel trapped by migraine. Migraine is a disabling disease. I feel like I'm dying. You feel like the world's closing in on you. There's nothing you can do. It's like you're trapped in your head. There's no escaping it. You can't leave your body. Don't suffer alone. Make your move against migraine. Visit AmericanMigraineFoundation.org to find help Learn more and get connected. To buy your home, you became a house hunting ace. Learned about loans, scoured neighborhoods, and asked the right questions. Now you're queen of your castle. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. With 401k tips and smart saving strategies, you'll feel empowered to own your retirement like you own your home. Go to aceyourretirement.org. Because when it comes to clearing financial hurdles, you're an ace. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. WFJA 105.5, Sanford, Pinehurst, Southern Pines.
old American Hi-Fi bringing this back in, man. That's a great album, by the way. Um, Flavor of the Week. I, man, I think if cool. we go deep into anyway. um, overtimes at the Super Bowl, I think they should just pull out Rock, Paper, Scissors. Rock, What's Paper, up? Scissors is cool. I've always, I, you know, I've been a proponent. So we're going back to the whole North Carolina, Virginia Tech thing. I don't like the two-point conversion, and I don't like it because there's no momentum. You're calling this offense back onto the field to run one play, and that's not cool. Um, there are a lot of different options, and we talked about some during the break. You said just going from where they normally go from is cool. Um, if you're if you're gonna if you want to shorten it, move them to the ten, put them in first and goal from the ten, and let them go, or even put them out to the fifteen and call it first and goal. You I mean, know, so I, there can't be any first downs that you have to finish it there. Now, Costin had an idea and said, well, let's just put him at the 50-yard line have him kick field goals until somebody wins. Kind of penalty shootout type. I don't know that I love that either. I hate that um, idea. That's I'm, the first thing that's come out of Mr. Costin's voice, uh, a mouth that I've hated. Wow. The kick. I just, you do, you, you do not like a games. kicker. Come on. Well, there, there's some other options, too. Now, one that was bandied about in the NFL back in the day uh, primarily because of the player safety part, and then the whole sudden death thing was was stupid, was stupid. That I really thought was a good idea was have both coaches bring a sealed envelope to the fifty yard line to start the overtime, and bid on where they're willing to start the next drive from, and whoever has the longest distance to go gets the ball and starts and plays sudden death. And if they convert and score, they win. If they don't, they lose. How you like that? Now, in the NFL, if you lined it up from the 50-yard line, there'd be one team that would have an advantage over the rest of them. Brett Maher last night, second-year kicker, became the first kicker in the history of the world to not only kick two 62-yard-plus field goals, but three of them. This guy's only two years in. Um, That's a weapon to have in your pocket. You know what I mean? And had had a couple yards to spare. Now, that all said... Those 62-yard attempts, you don't see very many kickers getting that, you know, getting the chance to do that. So it's completely within the realm of possibility that he never gets, an, that he never hits another one. But the fact that he's hit three of them, it's kind of, kind of a cool thing. It is. And the fact that he's doing it not in Denver, Colorado, that's even cooler. Um, I'd love to see what sea level is like in Dallas, but I don't care to look it up. But whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Before we get, we we got another call coming in here. I I can feel it in my bones. But I want to talk about the Wisconsin-Illinois game, talking about kickers. And Illinois, Wisconsin inexplicably up two points with a little over two minutes to go, throws the ball. Illinois gets a pick. And Lovey Smith gets one of the biggest wins in the last 50 years in the Big Ten. They came in as a 31-point dog. They beat Wisconsin and really kind of wrecked the Big Ten, as far as I'm concerned. Um, at this point, they didn't do the conference any favors. Um, but did the the real question I have for you? Did you see Lovey Smith's beard? No, I didn't. Oh my God! You've got to check this out. It's unbelievable. This dude rocking a beard like that—it was inevitable that he was going to get some kind of special win. You know what I'm saying? Is that what you got to do? Oh, brother. It's unbelievable. And 
you know, I'm a I'm a bearded guy, and I fancy my beard as being you know pretty strong. But this dude, next level, man. Absolutely, one hundred percent next level. Illinois, who isn't any good, managed to pull this off, and uh, I, I'm stunned. That was their first conference win. Who, Illinois? Yeah. And might be their only conference win. They're not very good. As I was kind of – I'm more of an NFL guy. You know, obviously I watched the Carolina game. But I found myself, as I was flipping the channel to each one of these college games, trying to think back, hey, did Finn pick that game right? Finley picked that game right? Our guest – (laughs) No. Your your short answer is no, but we had a guest who's going to have a strong, bright future in – ESPN and he's picking the games and that's all I could think about. I was like, did he get that one? No, he didn't pick any dogs. He, he I mean, he went with all the favorites as best I remember. I'd have to go back and listen to the segment. But at this point, the the Big Ten West is stuck with Minnesota atop. Now Minnesota's going to have to beat Wisconsin and probably Penn State too to win the Big Ten West, and that's not likely to happen. But P.J. Fleck, the head coach at Minnesota, is going to be starting to make the short list for every big job that's out there. He's got the Minnesota Golden Gophers at 7-0. and I say that's bad for the Big Ten because just the fact that the Golden Gophers are going to start getting national run as a, well, what if type situation is bad. It's just bad news. What if Minnesota runs the table and gets Ohio State or Penn State in the Big Ten, uh, you know, uh, championship game? Well, if that happens, the Big Ten's probably going to get frozen out of the national playoff. That's why it's bad. Um, Ohio State and or Penn State, I don't want to leave the Nittany Lions out of the conversation. They need Wisconsin to come out of the West. They have to have that win. And it doesn't matter if Wisconsin's a two-loss team. It doesn't matter if they're a one-loss team. They have to have Wisconsin come out of there. You've got Wisconsin and a a, a bunch of trash in the Big Ten West. You you guys have got to coordinate this better, man. Wisconsin, you can't drop games like this. Minnesota's sitting at seven zero. Let me let me let me read you their schedule thus far, and and see how impressed you are with this. Okay. San Diego State, they beat them by a touchdown. Fresno State, which is not a, a not a horrible win. Fresno State, they get by, get past them with a, a, a field goal. Um, so, you know, all right. Fresno State, not what they used to be, but at least it's a name program. Um, on the road, they beat them by a field goal. Then they get Georgia Southern at home, and they beat them by a field goal. They beat Purdue 38-31. Then they beat Illinois, Nebraska, and Rutgers, and they all kind of ran them out of the building. But, yeah, Minnesota sitting, who would have thought, undefeated through seven games. Um, on well, the other side. It's not their fault. You know, Purdue is usually pretty good. No, they're not. And Purdue Nebraska's, is one of those squads that just gets some recognition because they happen to play in the Big Ten. But they never beat anybody. Mm, they're Except usually Ohio pretty State good. Years ago, yeah, we'll I mean, I that. didn't say they were world beaters, Chris. Well, and they and, were pretty good. Well, and Purdue this year, two and five. Um but, yeah, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from the Boilermakers, but Purdue is one of those teams that's just sort of a middle-of-the-pack Big Ten team year in and year out, um, sort of like Iowa or Michigan State. And Michigan State's had a, a pretty good run. But to your point, have you ever run into a Minnesota Gopher go, go Have I fan? run into a Minnesota you, Golden Gopher fan? Uh, you know how, like, 
Myrtle Beach is just littered with Ohio State jerseys for whatever reason they love Myrtle Beach. Well, who doesn't love but, Ohio State, though? But I'm just saying, have you ever come across a hardcore Minnesota fan in anything? I haven't. Uh, nope. They just don't move the needle. And that's Well, I, I say that, but yes, that's I have. You're about? But that's by virtue of the fact that you know I spent a long time in the military being around people from all over the country. So occasionally you'll run into somebody that's like, you know, a Minnesota fan. Or, oh yeah, I'm a big Iowa Hawkeye fan, or whatever. You know, Nebraska still sort of has the residual big fans out there because Nebraska used to be big red. They used to be a thing, um, although they're horrible now. So what this is coming down to is is Ohio State and Penn State. The Big Ten schedule has been boiled down to one game, one week, with two teams playing the second to last week of the season, and that's Penn State, Ohio State, on November 23rd. Right. That is the de facto Big Ten championship. I don't think Penn State's going to drop a game. Um, they beat Michigan this weekend, and they did a lot to try to keep this thing interesting. I honestly think Wisconsin's a lot better than Penn State. But, you know, Penn State's in there against Ohio State with a puncher's chance. The following week, Ohio State gets Michigan, and they're going to beat the brakes off of them again because that's what they do. So between now and then, you know, we'll see what like, happens. Is this Harbaugh, now, Harbaugh's last year? Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, they he's like 0-8 against top 10 opponents. They just can't beat anybody that means anything. And he's making all this hay against garbage teams every year. But when he plays Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State, Wisconsin, he cannot compete with them. And the problem is not the athletes he's bringing into the system. It's the fact that he pulled his offense straight out of 1987, and everybody knows what's coming. This offense is ridiculous in its simplicity. And while, you know, you've got air raid going on here, you've got these, you know, these RPO offenses here that are hard to game plan against, you got this idiot running out of the eye. Dude, we just going like to line him. up and we're going to knock him right in the mouth. And I honestly believe that this dude has been possessed and that his body's been taken over by some high school coach from the 1950s. I mean, dude, come on. For the khakis are one thing. That's become sort of his signature thing. There's even like advertisements that are out there that tie him to the khakis. But now he, you know, he's always in the ball cap. He's got the, you know, the 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 thick rimmed glasses. What is this dude doing? You don't like him, dude. I can't stand this guy. And I think he's the most overrated thing in the world. And I got to admit, when he was at San Diego, before he went to Stanford, the things that they did statistically at San Diego were unbelievable. Josh Johnson was his quarterback at San Diego before the Stanford job. If you want to see one of the greatest video game number offenses ever in the history of all college football, Go back and look at what San Diego did with Jim Harbaugh there when Josh Johnson was his quarterback. It was unbelievable. I mean, the numbers that Josh Johnson put up there were stupid. Then he goes to Stanford, and he falls into Andrew Luck. He creates this mystique, goes to San Francisco with an absolutely loaded squad that had been so bad for so long that he was the right guy for that job. And I don't want to take anything away because he was able to harness that that potential that was there. But since he got to Michigan, what what are we doing here? And, I mean, how many championships has Jim Harbaugh won at any level? It's a problem. 
So, yeah, I think he is out in Michigan. he's not listening to this segment. He's uh, yeah, be whatever. He'll probably watch. come fight me. You know, he's a little fiery fella. And I say little. He's probably bigger than I am. But whatever. I can take him two out of three falls. All right, we'll see you on the other side of the break. Crystal Lambert, Brandon Atkins from the Cheap Seats. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life, young adults of unique determination and experience, an ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Sometimes the best candidates aren't the ones you're used to. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Did you know there is a place right here in downtown Sanford that utilizes fresh, organic, and sustainable foods from our area's vast farming community? It's Cooper's Restaurant and Wine Room, located at 133 South Steel Street in historic downtown Sanford. I'm Executive Chef Brian Moser. Come join us Tuesday through Saturday from 5 to 10 to experience an ever-evolving, locally-sourced menu featuring the area's best farmers paired with the locally-brewed beers and some of the world's best wine. Make your reservations now on the Open Table app and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Debt. If you get in too deep, members of the NFCC, the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, can help you put debt in its place. Credit cards took charge of my financial life. A certified credit counselor helped me get back in control. Student loan debt followed me wherever I went. NFCC taught me all I needed to know. Connect with an NFCC certified credit counselor at your local member agency today. We'll help you put debt in its place. Go to nfcc.org slash stop debt or call 877-410-6322. We are live outside the home of Joe and Rosie Goddard where a pretty big tickle fight broke out just minutes ago. Sources say their father instigated the laughter. Let's go inside for a comment. (laughs) Apparently, they have no comment. Dads? Let this be a reminder that it only takes a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. how you supposed to do costume little upbeat you know even wang chung you know it's just sort of bubblegum pop it's not rick astley dude i'm not gonna let that die i just want to let you know all right so big game for lee county this past weekend playing union pines um we have on the phone this is another unexpected call it's amazing things are just happening this morning coach steve Burdue is on the line coach how are you sir Doing well, doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, did, did Friday take a lot out of you, man? That was a long day. <laughs> it, it was. It was a lot of excitement, though. It was a lot of excitement. Um, so, as as we've talked about earlier in the show, Desmond Evans, the, the number one overall recruit in the state of North Carolina, is staying home, and he's going to the University of North Carolina where he will matriculate and, and play football. Uh, tell us honestly, man, how long have you known that was going to happen? 
I had a good feeling for, you know, at least throughout the summer. Um, You know, often we'd talk about it in places that he'd want to go or, you know, make this next visit and I'd help him get there. And it kept being UNC he wanted to go to. So, you know, just... Using my context clues, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> he said context clues. <laughs> I didn't know you were an English teacher and a, and a football coach. That's, that's pretty oh, wild. Very much not. So, quick <laughs> quick question. I must have had my head in the sand. I knew he was the number one overall North Carolina recruit. But then I started seeing ESPN top 300. He's number two. Was that always the case and I just missed out on that? Or did that just happen almost overnight? Yeah, through – through about January, I think he had, you know, when they started ranking this current class, uh, he, he was up there. He's bounced between like two and three back and forth a couple of times. I'm not real sure what changes the guys back and forth, but yeah, he's, he's been up there. What do you see in his future at UNC is in terms of, you, you know, the size, weight, how they'll use him? What, 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 where was, where is his game headed at the next level? You know, I think he can easily gain another 20 pounds. You know, he's gained this offseason 20 good pounds of muscle, I think, that, you know, in, the, in, in their strength program and eating, eating the way they, they want him to eat. He can easily put that on and not lose any speed, if not gain speed. Um, I think, you know, everything they've told me, you know, Coach Bateman plans on using him as a, as a matchup nightmare. You know, they're going to match him up against guys, you know, whether, you know, winnable matchups uh, in, in the pass rush situation on, on, on third down type things. And then, obviously, he's going to play football uh, on the other downs. Um, so it, it sounds good, and you know, Coach Bateman does a really good job with it. So I look forward to seeing it. So, do you expect him to be a contributor at UNC day one next year, or do you think it's a, a matter of him um, having to work on technique and ease his way into the system? I definitely think he's going to have to, uh, you know, go in there and compete for sure. I'm saying they, you know, they're doing doing fairly well, and they've, they've got a good defensive line. So I think that. Um, there's, there's a chance that yeah, yeah he's got a chance to play, but he's definitely going to have to earn it. All right, so you have been a head coach through the transition with Mac Brown taking over at UNC. What's the difference, or is there a difference, in the interface that UNC has with the high school coaches throughout the state now versus Larry Fedora? You know, I thought that because um, Fedora and that staff was, was, was doing a solid job, um, I think that Coach Brown... Um, and and the, the new staff has really put a, a much more emphasis on um, in-state recruits, and you know we we definitely saw them a lot more um, than than we had previously. Um, so I think that he's definitely you know they they talk about putting a, a fence around the state and this and that. I think he's definitely you know, saying <laughs> he, he wants the best kids in North Carolina. So Friday night's game against Union Pines, a lot of attention. You know, our television broadcast was the state game of the game of the week on uh, the NFHS network. Uh, ABC 11 was there doing coverage throughout the game. Uh, a lot of attention because of Dez's announcement, you know, earlier than the day on Friday. In a game like that with all the eyes on you, do you relish that? Or do you kind of hold your breath and say, let's just get through this? Um, I, I, maybe a little bit of both. You know, I, I, I think it's always a good thing anytime that the more people get to see the, the, the product and how hard these boys are working, um, get a chance to maybe they would not have seen it if, if, if those things are not going on with Friday and the exposure. Um, but also, it, you know, when, when that day's over, it, it was obviously a relief too because we played a solid football team. Uh, we're going to make sure we, we got that W. Coach, I want to take a, a walk back into the past just real quickly. I want to go back to Anson County. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, 
the next day, that Monday. So you know the situation better than anybody. So that that Monday when you're scheduled to replay that, I'm watching my daughter play tennis, and one of your assistant coaches walks by, and he looks like he doesn't have a care in the world. He's got a big old smile on his face. And I said, you know, because you're about to go down to score, y'all kind of know that, and then you're going to have about a quarter left. And he just looks at me, and he's like, we got this. Just relax. Is that how you felt? I mean, I mean, did you? Were you like, "Hey, look, we know that we can get back in this thing and and, and actually p- put them away fairly quickly," or did you? Were you nervous as I'll get out? I think after you know, even Friday night watching the film, it was it was more frustrating that we weren't executing necessarily than 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 they were out play- maybe even outplaying us, you know, on the field. So I thought after getting a chance to sit down and show the boys some film, and then you know, we put some notes on the film for the kids to watch. And they, they responded to that well, you know, communicating back early on Monday. Um, I felt good that we could, if we could execute our game plan, we were going to be just fine. Well, and I, walk, I walked around the corner because tennis match is over. I walked around the corner. I'm like, is is that Desmond Evans? Out of, you know, not in his uniform and he's on the <laughs> sideline. And I'm like, holy, are these guys going to have a chance? And then y'all just like basically blew yeah, up. Yeah, you're like, yeah, five minutes. Yeah, we'll score four touchdowns. No problem. <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of I had a feeling if we could ever get any kind of momentum, that was something that we'd have an opportunity to do because the, the things that we were calling on both sides of the ball, you know, on the board and on paper and on film, they, they, they matched up. We, we were just missing a spot here or there, that not necessarily doing their job the way we like it. So I knew that if, if we could do that, uh, we obviously had that opportunity to uh, dominate the, the rest of that game. All right, so last season, uh, perfect for perfect regular season. Um, really weren't pushed a whole lot last season during the regular season. You went into the playoffs and exited earlier than I know you would have liked to have. Now, Definitely. this year up to this point, you guys have got found your way to 8-0. You've got two very winnable games ahead of you. Of course, you, you have to execute on the field. And and the Brick City Bowl, the second weekend in November, is shaping up if, if Southern Lee does their part to be the championship game for this conference. But one way or the other, these are three games that I know you look at and you're like, if we do what we should do, we should win these ball games. My question is, from year one to year two, has your mindset in terms of preparation for the state playoffs changed at all? You know, we we talked about that some this off season, and you know, one of our biggest things was, you know, we can only schedule so much different, and you know, we have to have people that uh, agree to play us in, in the in the non conference, which I think. A couple of the teams we played, and Anson being one of them, um, you know, stepped up our non-conference a little bit. But the, the scrimmages that we had, bringing in Richmond and bringing in Cleveland and, and North, North, uh, Northern Durham, those teams um, were just added, you know, for, for that reason alone, you know, to give us early competition and maybe some of the best we'll see, you know, even throughout the playoffs with some of those names. Um, but, you know, we, we work on things now uh, in practice that we're preparing for not only this week, but, you know, for the future. All right, so you guys are up to number five in the state 3A rankings. Um, a little bit more buzz, I think. It's been three years since you guys have lost a regular season game. And and I've asked you before, but but if you'd repeat it or, or you know give new thoughts to this particular audience, how do you make sure that your guys are primed and ready to play in games that they know their huge favorites in to kind of play out the string in the regular season. 
No, I think the, the, the one blessing to the, the, the conference is all, all, obviously conferences are all close together, and these kids all know somebody on each team, so they, they obviously want to have bragging rights um, over their, their friends or former teammates from you know youth league type stuff. So that definitely helps go into it. But um, just, just letting them know that you know obviously we want to win this week, but our, our bigger goal, is, you know, we got to continue to improve to reach that goal um, and be prepared for the playoffs. All right, very good. So the Panthers were off this weekend, so I can't really, you know, <laughs> talk any trash. But I, I do want to ask the same question. Coach Cox was on with us a little while ago. I want to ask the same question to you. Over the course of a normal weekend, especially if you've played on that Friday, how much football in terms of hours do you get to watch for fun? For fun? Um, usually uh, I can watch a game or two. Uh, piece, I don't think I ever sit down and watch a full game. Um, I'm more of a fan of, of switching between several college games, maybe as I'm watching film. Um, and then, you know, same thing on, on a Sunday where if the Panthers are playing, I'm going to try to watch their game. If not, I'm, I'll flip back and forth between the games on TV as I break down our, uh, our opponent's film. All right. And, and how many more games in the, in the history of the world is Cam Newton going to start Ooh. at quarterback for the Carolina Panthers? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I, I think that three weeks from now, they're going to start him again. And oh that's no! Gonna determine, all right, and that's going to determine what he's going to do for the you know rest of his Panthers career. Because obviously, we know if if he comes in and happens to not win that game, that everybody in the world is going to say Benjamin, you know, play Kyle Allen. Um, so I'm thinking, I'll say within the next three weeks, he'll play a game. Um, on that first game, it will determine how he is for the rest of his career. All right, very interesting take. So you've got at least one. Uh, That's interesting. We'll we'll keep an eye on that. I I tend to think that zero is the number. I think that that, I think this thing is going to find a way to resolve itself where Cam either, you know, this injury lingers and he gets out the the door quasi-gracefully but I think that that organization at this point has hitched their wagon to Kyle Allen, and they want to find a way to get Cam out of the building because, you know, Cam is a huge personality. But that's just my, you know, no inside baseball there. I don't, you know, it's just my take. <laughs> One thing, I wanted to go back to your team with all the talk about Desmond Evans. You got a kid named Prince on your team, right? Oh, yeah. What are you feeding that kid? For real. And and how what do you attribute his nose for the ball? I mean, th- his name was being called on a loop the last game I went to. Wh- what are you feeding this kid? Yeah, he, he he's got great genes. That's for certain. He's, he's a very very hard worker. You know, in the weight room and actually has excellent grades. Um, so and he's going to have opportunity to go. And right now he's verbally committed to App State, but he's a he's a, he's a heck of an athlete. He plays honestly could be be one of our best athletes. We put him at receiver. Um, he can do a little bit of everything, uh, you know, offensive line and defensive line. So he, he's a tough one for sure. Yeah, DeAndre Dingle Prince, as we like to call him, DDP, committed to go be a near. I love it. He, and he's a perfect – you know, isn't he, isn't he a mountaineer? I mean, he's uh, just one he, of those hard-nosed guys that's going to bring it every single play. Yeah, they're going to get a steal. We're getting him for sure. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm not certain. How, how, how much – what do you think his optimal – or his peak weight is. How much do you think he can carry once he gets into the program, into the strength and conditioning, and into the into the chow line? I, I think he's a kid that can get up to two eighty five easily. 
um, and and hold that easy and and still move fast. And his fast his, his first step, you know, fast twitch stuff is is unbelievable. You know, it seems like he's tied to the ball when it moves. You know, the ball he's going with it. Um, so uh, I definitely look forward to seeing what he develops into over the next couple of years. He's gonna, he's going to be a, a animal for uh, for App. Yeah, I'm I'm excited as well. Hey, coach, we appreciate you calling. Um, I will yes, see you this evening. As a matter of fact, yes, sir. Looking forward to it. All right, we'll see, see you in a few hours. Yes, sir. Y'all have a good one. You too. Thanks. All right. With that, we'll take a quick break, pay some bills, and we'll be right back with the final half hour. We got a man. We got a lot to get through. Yeah, wow. man. Not the least of which is the World Series is set, ready to go. Oh, wow. I'm excited. How about you? Not really. All right. This is from the Chief Seat. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. Lola Silvestri, and I'm going to be 95 this year. I was very independent. I fell, and I had to have meals on wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Did you know there is a place right here in downtown Sanford that utilizes fresh, organic, and sustainable foods from our area's vast farming community? It's Cooper's Restaurant and Wine Room, located at 133 South Steel Street in historic downtown Sanford. I'm Executive Chef Brian Moser. Come join us Tuesday through Saturday from 5 to 10 to experience an ever-evolving, locally-sourced menu featuring the area's best farmers paired with the locally brewed beers and some of the world's best wine. Make your reservations now on the Open Table app and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Hello, it's me, the designer jeans in the back of your closet. What happened to us? I used to summer in the Hamptons, and now I'm stuck behind a pair of sweats. Okay, maybe I never really fit you right, but I got a lot more Sunday fun days left in me. So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. I had to tell everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. 
So why do teenagers play high school sports? My reason why is a sense of purpose. My reason why is to inspire others. One reason student athletes seldom mention is to get an athletic scholarship. They know that only 2% of all high school athletes are awarded a sports scholarship. So why do they play? My reason why is friendship. Tell us your reason using the hashtag MyReasonWhy. This message presented by the NFHS and the North Carolina High School Athletic Association. Have you mixed your pain meds, your sleep meds, your allergy meds? Call the Poison Helpline. Has your child eaten a tube of toothpaste, a chip of paint, a wild mushroom? Call the Poison Helpline. Have you been bitten by a spider, a snake, an insect? Call the Poison Helpline. Poisonings can happen at the home, on the job, or in the great outdoors. Call the Poison Helpline first for fast, free advice from medical professionals. Call 1-800-222-1222 anytime, anywhere. 1-800-222-1222. Save the number, save a life. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. All right, welcome back from the Chief Seas. Crystal Lambert, Brandon Atkins. We need to talk a little college football, man. I don't. I'd like to talk about the NFL, but the NFL is boring right now. So I want to talk about college. Um, we had anointed Alabama. We'd already plugged them into the national championship game. It's going to be them and Clemson for the 67th time. Uh, playing for the national championship. But along the way against Tennessee, on their way to a 35-13 victory, Tua goes down with a high ankle sprain. And he's he undergoes surgery for it. Well, here's the beef with high ankle sprains. Those things are bad. They're bad. They're one of the most underrated injuries. For people that are out there in the world, they don't understand the difference between a high ankle sprain and just a sprained ankle. Where it's sprained ankle, you just tape it up, you're good to go. High ankle sprain, surgery... You know, doesn't mean anything. They're going to beat the brakes off of Arkansas um, this weekend. That's that's a given. But you're you're looking down the barrel of LSU on November 9th. dude. I'm going to tell you right now, without Tua, LSU gets them, and LSU gets them in a big way. I'm going to call myself out. I didn't know that you could perform surgery for a high ankle sprain or I, any kind of sprain. I had so. never heard of a surgery for a high ankle sprain. Until just now. That must be get back quick surgery. Oh, it got to be. Because a high ankle sprain in and of itself, when you do that, and that's what Saquon Barkley did a month ago, um, it lingers. It's one of those things that just kind of hangs around. Uh, So this had to be a surgery to sort of expedite the procedure. And we've seen with Alabama and their medical procedures, they're willing to do some things that are outside of the box and sort of pioneer these these technologies with right. you know broken bones and and ligaments and the rest of that stuff, but yeah, it has to be something new because I keep up with these things. But Tua is going to miss at least the coming game, and I, they're safe. They're I mean they could show up, get off the bus, they're going to beat Arkansas, no problem. But you're worried about going the Tigers. back to the well. The Tigers, man, dude, I'm going to tell you what that LSU defense flies to the ball. And what they're doing on offense, Joe Burrow right now, in my opinion, especially given Wisconsin stubbing their toe at Illinois and Jonathan Taylor, that takes him out of the equation for for the very short term. He certainly has time to get back into that conversation. Joe Burrow, if I had a vote, is my Heisman Trophy winner. Um, And second, I think I would have Jalen Hurts. Did you see Hurts' stat line this weekend? I just this dude, sixteen of seventeen for three hundred plus yards, and then r- three touchdowns, and runs for two more. Come on, dude! 
That's video game. It, it for real is video game numbers. You know what this high ankle sprain does though? It hurts the college game because if the Tigers <sighs> beat Alabama, they're gonna Alabama will get the benefit of the doubt. Everybody's gonna look. All the people who vote on who goes into the playoff will go. Well, look that one they dropped. Tua had the. The, the ankle thing, you know what I mean? So then you're going to get more SEC teams than they probably deserve in the playoff. And then you're right, man. Your Buckeyes better watch out. If Minnesota, you know, if Wisconsin doesn't turn it on and like win out and you get that game, you might be in a, a little bit of a trouble or maybe even it. I don't think, I think Clemson's okay. Ohio State, depending on what, who do we need to be watching that would potentially bump like an Ohio State if they, you know, if they were to trip up a little bit. Who would bounce? Oh, well, first of all, Ohio State has to get through the Big Ten. Okay. And that's the first part. I mean, they, they've still got Penn State. Who can beat them? They've got Michigan, who is always going to have a puncher's chance. And at some point, has to beat Ohio State. Okay? And then they have to play the Big Ten Championship. Presumably, that's against Wisconsin. Those are three quality opponents. They could drop one of those. And we've already seen, if a Big Ten – the Big Ten – may get a one-loss team in, you're not going to keep an undefeated Big Ten champ out, whether it's Penn State or Ohio State or Minnesota if they run the table. I joked about it. If Minnesota beats everybody that's on their schedule and beats Ohio State in the Big Ten championship, they're in. Yeah. The chances of that happening are virtually zero. Yes. So, yeah, Ohio State is in the catbird seat, but Penn State's right there with them. They, they've beaten everybody they need to beat, and they're headed in a collision course at the end of the season – for what looks like the de facto Big Ten championship, but either one of those teams still has work to do. The thing you make an excellent point with regard to Alabama is this may have been in a in an alternate universe the best thing that could have happened for Alabama, right? Because now they get a pass against LSU if Tua's not in there, and LSU beats them. Well, Alabama comes back, runs the table, and beats an always an a, a perpetually overranked Auburn team. You know, Auburn's sitting right now at, what, number nine in the country? Um, That just doesn't make any sense to me. But Auburn, you look at Auburn's schedule, they're not going to play anybody until they get to the meat of their schedule. Now, if Auburn wins out at this point, I guess I would have to concede that they would be worthy of being a top five, top ten team. But You've got to get, first of all, they have to get past LSU. Yeah, LSU's got a tough gr- Buddy, LSU's got to go through a meat grinder. Yeah, man. And then Auburn would have to beat Georgia. If they dropped one of those games, they would still be overranked. And if Alabama gets past them, gets into the SEC championship, then we're back to, to where we were before. But LSU, man, they're, they're going to earn this thing. You know, they've got Auburn this week. Two weeks from now, they've got Alabama. They they have to go on the road to Ole Miss. And Ole Miss is a team that every year can beat anybody on any given weekend. I don't think they have a prayer against LSU, but you never do know. Uh, then they get a patsy with Arkansas. They close with Texas A&M. LSU right now, I still don't agree that they should have vaulted to number two. I, I am impressed with them, but I think that what you see out in um, – with Alabama and Clemson, I still think they're number one and number two. And I think, my own personal opinion, is that Ohio State and Oklahoma ought to be three and four with LSU at number five. This part of it's going to sort itself out. Yeah, it's going to be played out on the field. Yeah. 
But you make an excellent point with Alabama. The voters have given Alabama love in the past, and I think they'll do it again if LSU is the one blemish. I hope, though, that it's not at the it's not at the expense of an undefeated or one loss Ohio State or Oklahoma that wins their their conference. I still say, and it's still it's too early to have this conversation. Winning your conference championship should be a prerequisite to be in the national championship playoff. Yeah, I'm with period. So, but in the past, I've never heard of the voters or the decision makers point back to like even when Alabama had some a lot of their players injured. I've never seen them. Look, they've never given any love like that to any other team that have you know has been sniffing the playoff. No, they just always seem to. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not bitter at all. I'm with you, man. I'm with you 100. percent Well, the you know the the upside for you is that your beloved um, ACC is safe as long as it's Clemson winning the championship. Um, one of these days, you're you're going to get an a Clemson team that's going to go into that championship game, blow that championship game, and the conference champ is going to be left out in the cold while Clemson goes to the national championship playoff. I'm just telling you that's going to happen. Uh, And I don't know if I'm going to feel like it's warranted or not. I think my gut would say, nope, I'm going to stick to my guns and say you have to win your conference to to be in the national championship conversation. A one-loss Clemson doesn't make it in this year, right? Uh, one loss Clemson does not make it in this year. I don't believe that that's a true statement. No, I think a one loss Clemson team, as long as it's not in the conference championship game, I think Clemson could stub their toe and get the benefit of the doubt, kind of like Alabama did. Um, I don't know. That, that's just kind of where I'm at with it. I will say that my dark horse to kind of shake things up, Arizona State, uh, could not get past Utah this weekend. And, um, Utah got them 21-3, and Utah now is sort of back into the catbird seat. That Pac-12, if I was closer to it geographically and more engaged, Pac-12 is like the compelling conference right now in terms of who's going to win that conference championship mm-hmm. uh, because the whole thing's bananas, and they just keep beating up on each other. I don't know that any of those teams are good enough to get a whiff at the playoff. I think that's the conference from the outside looking in that, that's going to be locked out. Uh, Oklahoma just is handling their business. Well, how um, long? How long are the Pac-12 going to be happy? Be okay with that if they're the ones that keep getting blocked out? Well, I don't know. And then you have the other layer with this whole California ruling that you know players oh, yeah, can be paid. Played, yeah. I honestly am not a hundred percent certain that that is not the first death knell for the NCAA. I honestly believe that twenty years from now the NCAA will be defunct. Um, I think that the NCAA and all of its rules and its shenanigans and all the rest of that has sort of outlived its usefulness. Oh, yeah, and, like, you you also believe that in 20 years people will be growing hemp instead of tobacco in North Carolina? Uh, I think they'll be growing straight-up pot <laughs> 20 years from now, to be perfectly honest. My point, so My point is, is, did you ever think you would see the day? And then you're absolutely right. The NCAA is, like, on the ropes right now. Yeah, and, you know. It is what it is. And, and the college, it's funny because everything that the NCAA gets right with college basketball and how they administer the postseason and all the rest of that, it's exactly the opposite, even with this playoff system. And there's so many ways they could fix this thing. There's, you know, it's funny that we say, well, we can't have these college players play one more game. Really? But we can take these basketball players and we can send them out to play the college basketball tournament that runs for a month. Really? We with can almost, do that. With almost zero rest? Come on, man. You know, there's only so long that you guys can, you know, hide behind the strength of one shining moment. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> Eventually, you're just gonna. That's not gonna do it anymore. See, it's funny because you try to trash that that uh, that doggone song, but I know how much you love that song. I sing it every time. I know it you do. Down, and and yeah, it to me it's just so it's so hokey. It's man. so bad that it's it. good. I can't handle it. So it, all right, out of the from from out of nowhere, without any research, out any without any analysis. Oh Lord, who's gonna win the national championship in college football this year? I'm going to have to go with Clemson. All right. I just, I, I think, you know, much, too much was made about, well, they're not right, blah, blah, blah. You know, you got a young quarterback. I know nobody had seen any tape when he came in and, and just beat the brakes off of Alabama. Alabama just had no answer for what Dabo Swinney was doing to them. <laughs> but I still feel like, you know, they're going to go in to the – the playoff undefeated. I, I'm looking. I know they play South Carolina. I'm looking at that NC State. NC State. That's such a Dave Doran thing. I was going to say that is such a Dave Doran thing that, to mess around and knock Clemson off. Wouldn't it be something? Yeah, but I think if if they make it through there, I just I, I guess my my prediction is now Clemson is going to win it all. But I mean, I think it's between Alabama. LSU and and Clemson. So I just looked at the AP poll for the first time. Did these cats really drop Clemson to number four? Yeah. How could come on, Brandon? Talk me off a ledge. You know what? Let's take a quick break. We'll, we'll take a quick break. We'll come home, hit the home stretch. We'll put a bow on this thing. I'm going to give you a couple minutes to justify how Clemson's number four in the country. Come on, man. Come on. I was tired of my lady We'd been together too long Like a worn out recording Are you ready to sell your home and don't know which realtor to choose? Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with REMAX Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. Joel Klein catches a 7 o'clock train after his evening CPR class at the American Red Cross. Ron Garrity's on the same train. He's had a rough day and doesn't feel like himself. Until he feels the sudden tightness in his chest, Ron never thought he'd actually have a heart attack. Until Joel is administering CPR, he never thought he'd actually save a life. When you train with the Red Cross, you change a life. Starting with your own. Call 1-800-RED-CROSS or visit redcross.org to learn about life-changing opportunities in your area. Did you know there is a place right here in downtown Sanford that utilizes fresh, organic, and sustainable foods from our area's vast farming community? It's Cooper's Restaurant and Wine Room, located at 133 South Steel Street in historic downtown Sanford. I'm Executive Chef Brian Moser. Come join us Tuesday through Saturday from 5 to 10 to experience an ever-evolving, locally sourced menu featuring the area's best farmers paired with the locally brewed beers and some of the world's best wine. Make your reservations now on the Open Table app and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Tweens have mastered the art of tuning out. Jen, there's a spider in the car. We're turning your room into a home gym. See? Nothing. But some messages need to get through. Like making sure they're buckled up. The whole ride, every time. Do whatever it takes to make your child listen. Jen, I friended your boyfriend. 
Wait, what? Buckle up, sweetie. Never give up until they buckle up. Learn more at safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. From the Chief Seas, Kristen Lambert, Brandon Atkins. Just a couple of minutes left, and a couple of random thoughts I wanted to throw out there for you, Brandon. First okay, of all, real, real quick, Trent yes, Nichols just threw daggers at you. Ohio oh, State wow. is not, in all caps, better than Clemson. Uh, who said that there was? He's attacking you. I'm, I'm the one that said, how is it possible that Clemson has dropped below Ohio State, Trent say, Nichols, go back to get, get your first cup of coffee in you before you come messing with me, man. All right. You're so, going to shoot some stuff. I have a feeling I know what it is. Well, but. first and foremost, um, I, I want to go back to Clemson, Ohio State. This is, a, this is an example of the media being too cute. Can I tell you, you what they're doing? Yeah, go ahead. They're penalizing Clemson for the remainder of their schedule. They're, they're penalizing for something that hasn't even pl- been played out yet. Same thing that they're, they're, they're benefiting or throwing an olive branch to somebody like LSU or Ohio State for their remaining schedule, which hasn't even been played yet. And that's how they're passing up Clemson. That's why Clemson's fourth in the country right now. Does he, are you following my logic? I, I, I understand your logic, and I don't disagree. When you look at this, I mean, there's a reasonable chance, not even a reasonable chance, there's a really, really good chance that the Clemson Tigers' best win of the year is going to be Texas A&M. That's bananas. And now that I look at the schedule, I do start to question my own sort of logic. You know, if Clemson doesn't win out, if this is a one-loss Clemson team, you know, we trashed Alabama a couple years ago when they when they lost in the regular season. Yeah. And looked at it and we're like, oh, look at their, you know, look at their schedule. This schedule's garbage. And you're you know, you're staring down the barrel of playing Pitt or Virginia in the conference championship game. Ugh. Come on, man. I mean, there's there's still five teams alive in the coastal division. You know, the Cavs sit atop at three and one. This is not a great Cavs team. They're five and two. You know the Cavaliers. We were talking about Purdue not long ago. Virginia kind of like Purdue. You know, one of those middle of the road teams year in and year out. You know, has a good year every once in a while, has a bad year every once in a while. But Virginia, Pitt, the Blue Devils, the Hokies, and even the Heels are in there with a legitimate shot to win the Coastal. Uh, you got to think Virginia, Pitt are, are you, you know the two teams to keep your eye on there. Neither one of them's ranked. Does it even move the needle if Clemson gets them? Dude, if Clemson gets – if they stub their toe I'm telling down you, the Dave stretch. Doran, Dave oh. Doran, I, can, I, I guarantee you this that Dave Doran is already pre- preparing for that game. All right, so they've got BC, Wofford, NC State, Wake Forest, South Carolina. Now, BC's not going – BC can't do anything no. with them. Wofford, obviously, is a, you know, a throwaway game. So you got NC State, Wake, and South Carolina – Three teams that you don't expect to beat them, but are not well. They would shock the world if they did it. But they, but all three of those teams have a shot. South Carolina just beat Georgia at Georgia, um, and you said NC State 
Dave Doran, in a, in a disappointing year so far for NC State, beating Clemson would just be perfect, wouldn't it? Right. So, That's what NC State does. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I'm sorry for messing them. the whole thing up. Yeah, I, I don't mean to beat NC State fan base up. I grew up a State fan. But, you know, the thing is, is State just dangles that dangles that glimmer of hope in front of you and then just sends you crashing back down to earth. But it's totally NC State to beat Clemson and not do much else for the rest of the season. All right, so I gave you grief at the beginning of the show because you uh, wanted to talk about the worst teams in football. And that hits close to home. I really didn't, but... Because I was quick early this year to say that the Miami Dolphins were the worst team in football. They're not. Cincinnati Bengals are the worst team in football, and Zach Taylor should be fired tomorrow. Um, Today would be fine. Zach Taylor and his connection to Sean McVay got him the job in Cincinnati. He is... A thousand percent underqualified to be an NFL head coach. That has made itself abundantly clear. They need to pull the plug now. And the answer, the Cincinnati Bengals should fire Zach Taylor today, tomorrow, the next day, three weeks from now. It doesn't matter. And hire Jay Gruden, bring him back in there. Jay Gruden, who, you know, sort of was at odds with the front office in Washington all of that time. Jay Gruden put some quality teams onto the field. Um, without ever really having a quarterback out there. Uh, Cincinnati can get him one one way or the other. Andy Dalton's not the answer, but Andy Dalton's better than anything he's had in in Washington. But, yeah, they should fire Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor got screwed when Bill Belichick exposed the Rams for what they were. It was basically he's going to copy, do everything what McVay does, and when Belichick just showed the world, here's how you beat the Rams – then that totally screwed Zach Taylor. Well, Plus, Zach Taylor, here, here's all you need to know about Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor is running an offense. He's running the same offense that the Rams ran, except that the Rams had Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and a great offensive line. This offensive line that he's constructed together, that he's cobbled together, is trash. Jim Turner is the offensive line coach. He's the same guy that got fired in Miami for the whole bullying thing with Richie Incognito oh, yeah. and the rest of that. And then on the heels of that, went and got himself uh, – in trouble for some um, some some sexually sexual harassment type situation. Uh, he was brought in. This offensive line. Like, so is Cincinnati the, looked at that resume and were like, "Come on, boy! Yeah, come on! Come, yeah, come on!" Um, their their defensive coordinator literally was the, about the seventh person they had tried to hire um, for that position. This team is a joke. They're running an offense that is not going to work in the NFL. And there's, I'm going to throw a couple stats at you. First of all, the Bengals running backs yesterday, Joe Mixon, who led the American Football Conference in rushing last year, mm-hmm. had 10 runs for two yards. That's not a good Their day. Their running backs combined in the game yesterday, 14 rushes for two yards. And at the end of the half yesterday against Jacksonville, they scored a touchdown inside the last two minutes. On one it, it, assisted by a fluky play. That was the first first half touchdown the Bengals had scored in 5 weeks. Four straight games with no offensive with no touchdowns in the first half. And on top of that, they have the 31st ranked defense in the entire football league. So you have the worst offense hey. and the second worst defense. It, 0 and 16 is a legit me, possibility here. Are you sure somebody's explained the object of the game to them? Oh, my Do God. they know that they're supposed to move the, the little brown ball? Well, it, yard, it's funny that you field. say that because Zach Taylor, in some comments this week, said, "Well, we're not, you know, we're not trying to tank." You're, you're, yeah, we know you're not trying to tank. You suck. That there's a whole difference between that. Miami, to their credit, is trying to tank. 
There's no, there, nobody's well, making any bones about that. I don't know, man. Cincinnati's they had, just horrible. They had Buffalo shaking in the boots they did. a little bit yesterday, but hey, and and bully for the Buffalo Bills five and one for the first time in like fifty years. Look out now, San Francisco runs that runs to six and zero. Oh. Pay attention to them; they're good on both sides of the ball. But nine points. <laughs> Yeah, but did you see what they were playing in? I mean, it was a monster. Oh, yeah, it was. I mean, it was you know, standing water on the field and all the rest of that. All right, I am Chris. That's Brandon. We are here from the cheap seats every Monday on WFJA 105.5 and around the world as a podcast. Check it out anywhere you find your podcast. Check us out from the cheap seats and on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Peace. to Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.